Moncrief on News Talk. 53106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cents. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Time uh, once again, as we always do of a Tuesday, uh, to look around the world at some other things uh, that are going on. Our guide, as ever, is Jonathan DeBurka Butler. Jonathan, good afternoon to you. Sean, how are you getting on? Not too bad. Right, Spain, uh, we're going to go to uh, first. Is it, is it too simplistic to say Franco has been cancelled? I suppose Franco has been cancelled. I didn't think of it that way, uh, bringing bring it forward into the modern era. Yeah, but it, it took a while, I suppose. Um, this is, right, so it's Spain, right? But it's not mainland Spain. So there's a few exclaves, as some people will know, um, in northern, northern Africa, specifically Morocco, right? So Kuwait might be well known to some people because it's, a place where um, people who are trying to, to get into Europe from Africa, they, sh- mm. they try and jump the, the wall there to get into Spain, even though it's physically still in Africa, and they can say that they're still in Spain. And then there's another one called uh, Melilla, okay, which has a population of about 88,000 people, and a t- tiny little city uh, just on the coast there. And this was the last place in Europe to have a statue of Franco, and in fact, to have a statue of any dictator, uh, according to the the local assembly. Um, it was the local assembly who voted to take down the statue. Uh, there, there's 25 members of that local assembly. Um, so I think it was nearly unanimous. Now, it wasn't, not everybody was was in favour of it. There's a, there's a party in Spain called the Vox Party. Um, they're on the right of the spectrum, uh, as you're probably not surprised <laughs> to hear. And they've been knocking around since about 2013, right? Just to put you in the picture in terms of how well or badly they're doing politically. The Vox Party, as I said, they've been there since 2013. They had no seats in their first election. I think they had 32 in the last one and then the most recent one, 52 seats. So they're gradually getting more seats in the National Assembly out of 350. But they had some members on that local assembly. And they said that they didn't want the statue to come down, right? Now, this statue was originally put up in 1978, which is significant because Mm. that's actually three years, yeah, three years after Franco's death, right? And the people who put up the statue said that they were actually putting it up not to honour his dictatorship, right, but to commemorate his role as commander of the Spanish Legion in the Rif War, right? So that was Spain and France against the Berber tribes who were basically... Um, protecting their homes from uh, invading foreign powers, okay, uh, to, to, to put it bluntly. And so that's why it was put up originally. But uh, in more recent times, there's there's kind of been a movement across Spain to get rid of memories or anything to do with Franco, really. And uh, so this is the last statue to come down. Right, okay. And and the, the, is there a specific law under which statues of him, at least, have been removed? Yeah, there is. There was a statue, there was a statute, sorry, brought in in 2007 called the Historical Memory Law. And that basically calls for the removal of all symbols connected to Fran- Franco's regime. And in fact, the, the Vox Party argued that the statue shouldn't be taken down under that law, if you know what I mean, because they said, well, it doesn't talk about his dictatorship it talks about his leadership during a military campaign hmm. so you know I, I think that might be a bit far to be honest with you a bit of a stretch to be honest with you but it has been used before and and most recently and most controversially I think it was last late last year when the government took over his um, family's summer palace 
they basically argue, look, you have this palace that's in your family. It used to belong to Franco, but he took it from the state. So we think we'll take it back. And uh, and they did so. So it's been used. You know, you could argue that this statue thing is quite a small and but symbolic gesture, whereas, you know, taking somebody's house from them or maybe mm. albeit it's probably one of several. Uh, is quite significant and there's all sorts of you know constitutional rights around property and that kind of thing there as well so um yeah it's it's been used before as i say um but it, it may not have to be used again who knows yeah if it's well i suppose if it's the last one though yeah. given given that it's called the historical memory law do these statues go elsewhere or is it sort of an attempt to actually forget rather than remember that's a good point, actually. I, now, the only thing I know about this is that they they described how it was taken away. They said it was carted away in bubble wrap on a pickup truck. Now, I don't know as to where it's going. So, you know, I, I think to sort of answer your question, is it going to go into a museum so we can all look at it and, and it's there as a reminder of the past? I'm not 100% sure. I, I'd say it might just end up disappearing oh, uh, yeah, or you know, you'd never know but somebody will keep their eye on it I'm sure yeah or it'll be on eBay uh, in the next <laughs> week or so and presumably though in mainland Spain is, is this all kind of non-controversial at this point I haven't seen much about it in terms of this particular story I mean it is I'm, I mean of course it's going to be controversial to some people. I mean, he still has his supporters. Mm. I mean, even if you look at the Vox party who try and sort of tether themselves to him and to his legacy or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, they have, I wouldn't say huge support, but they certainly have significant support down in Andalusia. Uh, I think they picked up 10% of the local... um, Local assembly elections down in Andalusia, which can't, you know, which is is also the poorest part of Spain. I'm not saying there's necessarily a correlation there, but um, there might be. Uh, so, you know, there would be some quarters where I suppose it it, it would be controversial uh, for sure. Yeah, uh, right, indeed. Right, Poland we're going to go to next. And as uh, uh, people probably uh, will know, there's a lot of coverage on protests uh, yesterday over uh, the uh, abortion law or the, the, the changes in, in the abortion law there. This is a case uh, about some LGBT activists. Yeah, so this is three Polish women who were found not guilty last week of offending religious feelings, right? So this was over posters that and stickers that they used, which uh, depicted uh, an icon. It's an old um, 14th century icon of the Virgin Mary. You know the sort. It's, mm. it's kind of a picture of a, a Virgin Mary holding a kind of an adult, very adult-looking baby Jesus, right? 14th century icon, and and this is called the Our Lady of Czestochowa. Okay, so it's it's very popular amongst Ca- Polish Catholics, right? It's 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 sort of revered quite quite a bit there and what these particular protesters or artists whatever you want to call them did um was they they made the halos around the two figures uh in the um rainbow flag right so they gave them a rainbow halo right now this was into response sorry this was in response to uh, an easter display that was done in 2019 i think which basically described uh, LGBT or anything to do with that, okay, as sins, right? So they were obviously, these activists were very uh, angered and hurt by that. And so they decided to sort of hit back with this depiction of the Virgin Mary and the baby Jesus, right? Um, And they had 
this case brought against them for offending religious feelings. Now, it, they, it, it's been thrown out effectively, which is um, significant given the direction that, um, I suppose, um, more liberal views in Poland have been going and how they've been treated in, in recent years. Um, so, I mean, the people, these three women, they could have gone to prison for two years if, had they been found guilty. Um, but as it stands, they're uh, they're free to, to free to carry on. Yeah, but there there was significant a, a kind of a groundswell. Well, not maybe not that widespread, but at least people who were who helped out in their defence. Yeah, I mean, so like it all ties in with the politics of of the country. Obviously, there's the Law and Justice Party who've been who've ruled Poland for a good few years now. It, it must be at least ten, if not fifteen years. You remember the twins. Mm. One of them who died, and then there was President uh, Duda, who who just won in elections, had a very narrow win in elections last year, right? Um, so it it looked like there was a bit of a fight back against more conservative elements in in Polish society and certainly in Polish politics, but it's very um, divisive at the moment. And you know, during that campaign, President Duda's election campaign, he basically described campaigns for LGBT rights is even more destructive than communism. There was suggestions that, you know, violence should be used against people who, who, who were gay, um, people who tried to push for gay marriage or even civil union and gay adoption, all of which are not legal in Poland, uh, have seen massive pushback and violence towards them. Yeah. Uh, there's that whole thing with, with abortion, which we've covered before, and which the EU are getting involved in in a major way uh, as well. So it, this ruling is part of a much bigger picture and uh, uh, in society and something that's been going on, I'd say, for the last six or seven years. And the blasphemy laws specifically, uh, uh, may they be used or are they being used against other people? Well, they have. I mean, la- last year, the three protesters were charged for desecrating monuments and offending religious f- feelings after they hung rainbow flags on statues during a demonstration against uh, President Duda's um, LG, anti-LGBT policies. So they have been used before. Now, those people were charged. I don't know if they've been sent to uh, prison uh, uh, yet, uh, but they've certainly been charged. But I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure if anybody's in jail for these things yet. But it's a fine line. Yeah, and because this, there's this heavy metal singer uh, has launched yeah. a legal defense fund. Yeah, he's a, he's a Polish heavy metal singer who, as you said, has is, is launched a defense fund for artists uh, artists who are accused of blasphemy. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, if that comes into play. I don't know if it was used in this particular uh, case. I think I think actually this decision went on the day that it came out. He announced that he had, was launching this fund. Mm. So, or they were around about the same time. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes about in, in the future. Well, yeah, well, I, even though it kind of sounds kind of funny, but you can imagine that like heavy metal bands often use satanic imagery, uh, religious imagery, and that's so yeah, they may well come uh, uh, to the attention of uh, of the authorities there. Absolutely. Uh, right. Uh, the uh, we're going to go to Canada now, where the van killer has been found guilty. Yeah. So this is a man by the name of uh, Alec uh, Minassian. So this happened in April of two thousand and eighteen. To cut a long story short, he, he rented a van and he drove onto a crowded street in Toronto and he killed 10 people. Um, he injured 
16 others uh, very badly. And he admitted to his wrongdoing and he has now been convicted as of last Wednesday, I think, of 10 counts of first degree murder and 16 counts of attempted murder. What's interesting about this particular case is that when the trial was happening, I think the trial lasted five weeks, right? But because he had admitted planning and carrying out the attack, the trial focused almost entirely on his mental state at the time, right? So prosecutors basically argued that he was motivated by his hatred of women, uh, that he had been radicalized and that he wanted to become famous, right? He he, he was looking for infamy, Mm. right? His defense lawyers basically said that he didn't have the capacity to understand his wrongdoing, okay? And that's because he's on the autism spectrum. That's what they said. Now, this was something that the Ontario Autism Coalition and presumably those associated with it in Canada jumped on straight away and they said, hold on a second, we don't like the way that, you know, the defense is using this guy's autism as as an excuse for his violence right mm. and uh, the judge seems to have agreed with with them right so the the, the judge in this case was a uh, superior court justice Anne Malloy and she said that he basically craved attention uh, she wouldn't refer to him by his real name during the trial as well which I thought was interesting and so she basically said that he knew exactly what he was doing and he would take full culpability uh, for what he's done and so that is he's convicted of 10 counts of first degree murder 16 counts of attempted murder so they're going to come back now uh, to discuss a, a trial line for a uh, timeline, sorry, for sentencing on March 18th. And uh, we can fully expect it to be a very long time in prison. Right, Peru, we're going to go to next. Another court case, this one involving uh, the forced sterilization of hundreds of thousands of Peruvians. Yeah, this this guy, um, President Alberto Fujimori, who, again, we've covered on numerous occasions. Anytime we, we talk about Peru, the surname Fujimori always comes around. I mean, his kids are now involved in politics. Uh, Kenji, his son, and Keiko, his daughter, she's run uh, unsuccessfully for um, for president, I think, on two, if not three occasions. But Alberto Fujimori was a nasty piece of work, right? And as things come out, uh, he was president from 1992. You, you, you. I know you have a kind of an interest in, in not an, an interest, but you, you, you've covered stuff about Shining Path, mm. uh, the Peruvian um, militant group from before. And he, uh, Alberto Fujimori, is currently in prison, serving 25 years for human rights abuses. Right. So, so he tackled the Shining Path militants. But courts in Peru didn't like the way that he did it, all right? And that's why he's currently in in prison. Now, there's corruption charges in there as well. But a new thing has come to light where basically it's thought that he oversaw the forced sterilization between 1996 and 2000 of over 270,000 women and 22,000 men, right? Now, this was part of a program that was introduced as part of an anti-poverty drive aimed at cutting birth rates amongst poor family pa- families. Now, as you can imagine, most of this wasn't directed at Spanish-speaking, middle-class, wealthy Peruvians, mm-hmm. okay? This was directed at indigenous people, okay? Many of them who, didn't, who don't have Spanish as their first language, who were signing documents, they say, I should, I should underline, that they didn't understand. Uh, many of them who say they were forced onto a table, put to sleep, and when they woke up, were jeered and told that they had been sterilized. 
Um, it's a, a it's a horrible story, wow. and um, the hearing was yesterday. Now, I haven't caught up with it. I've, I've tried to, but there hasn't been anything in English, at least re- relating to what happened yesterday during the hearing. But it would appear that it will go to a full trial. Whether Fujimori, who's now 82, will appear uh, at, the, at these trials, I assume he will, but he has been unwell uh, for quite a long time, is unclear. But it, it, it seems that charges are going to be brought against him and, uh, more importantly, people who are around him who were supposed to be looking after people in the healthcare system and did not. Uh, in fact, they pointedly did the opposite, if we're to believe the accusations. Sorry. Yeah. Right, uh, Senegal we're going to go to next. Another politician in trouble, uh, this time uh, accused of rape. Yeah, so again, another interesting story uh, coming from Senegal. And it's one of the classic situations where we're kind of wondering, is the president, uh, the current president, looking to try and extend his time in office? Okay, so that's what some of the opposition parties are saying. So there was a presidential election back in 2019, all right? There was three major candidates. Macky Sall, who was um, running for a second term, he came top of the table with 58% of the vote, right? But there was a third-place candidate who at the time was about 44 years old. He's very popular with younger people. And uh, his name was Osmane Sanko, okay? And he's seen as a kind of leading light amongst the opposition, and he's kind of been readied by the opposition to run against uh, Macky Sall or Macky Sall's candidate uh, in the 2024 election. He has been now accused of rape. However, his supporters say that these accusations are completely and utterly politically motivated. And as um, Sanko was on his way to court last Wednesday, I believe, to, you know, go to the hearing um, and, and sort of answer these allegations, or at least the first part, there were protests on the street. Now, when I saw this first, the protests had resulted in one death. Uh, it's now up to eight. So it doesn't appear that the situation is calming down any. Um, but it will be interesting to see if things continue. I mean, Senegal isn't noted for its political violence, to be honest with you. It's one of the more stable countries in that neck of the woods. Um, so it would be an awful shame to see... Um, it would be an awful shame if things continued uh, along this vein, but uh, it's it's part of a broader story again. Mm. Uh, now, uh, um, everybody and their sister has done the Jerusalem challenge. Uh, if you have, and if you've recorded it anywhere, uh, you might owe uh, Warner Music a few, Bob. Yeah, they're looking for their money. Um, they are basically saying, look, a lot of people with great intentions went and they did this Jerusalem challenge and they were dancing around and it was all lovely. But particularly in Germany, which is where I kind of got this story from, um, the Warner Music there have said, look, we know that there's police departments, fire brigades, various different people who have used music. They put it to the video and they've put that video online. And basically the song, like any song, is protected by copyright. And they say they're not going to go after individuals. So if you, you and your sister did it in in the, did the video in the living room it's going to be grand but if there is an advertising or an image promoting effect and i'm quoting them now in favor of an institution organization or company then that's where license negotiations need to start uh, okay they've been criticized for it but to be honest it's kind of fair enough like you're, mm. you're using music without permission you're making yourself look good 
and you should probably pay the guy who made the music. Uh, I mean, he's out of pocket to quite a quite an extent. Uh, it's caused a bit of controversy, but um, we'll see. We'll see indeed. Jonathan, uh, thanks as ever. Jonathan DeBurka Butler, there you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We have to take a break. Back in a couple of minutes. Moncrief on News Talk.